0: Welcome to Inside Track, a conversation with New York's leading property management executives. I'm Carol Lott with Habitat Magazine, and my guest today is Danny Woolman, CEO of Gumley Haft. Governing a co-op or a condo is akin to running a business, and anyone who has actually run a business knows decision-making is absolutely essential. But for many boards, indecisiveness does run rampant. Dan, you run a company that manages these buildings and on a daily basis have to get board approval so you can do your job. How do you turn a board's no decision or not making a decision into an action item so that you can do your job?
1: A big part of our job is moving projects along, getting boards to understand the significance of those projects, getting boards to understand the significance of preventative and ongoing maintenance, and getting them to understand that they have to make decisions you know, relating to maintaining the building and doing it on an ongoing basis.
0: And what seems to be the difficulty in getting them to understand that?
1: I think part of it is boards don't always look at their responsibility as running a business. So it is their home and there's clearly a division between it being your personal residence or your home and it being a business as well. And I think sometimes that line of your home and a business Gets blurred. People have to look at it, I think, as if it's if you lived in the suburbs and it was your own home and your home needs maintenance, whether your roof is leaking or your roof is 20 years old and needs more maintenance, or your heating or air conditioning units in your home need more maintenance. It's no different than if you're sitting on a board and running an apartment building.
0: The one difference, though, is that if it's your own home, if you're the decision maker or you might have a family who all decides this together, you can say, yes, we're going to repair our roof so that we don't have more damage. If you're on a board, you have a whole building full of residents who may or may not understand what is involved and may or may not want to pay for it. Their bubble is their apartment, not the building. So how does the board circumvent that bubble mentality.
1: I think that's correct. People sometimes do look at it as a bubble. Boards have to understand that they have a responsibility, a fiduciary responsibility, to the building at large. And and people who live in the building have to understand that they're a shareholder or a unit owner, you know, in a condominium or a co-op, and that they have to look at the building as a whole that they just can't look at their own unit and say, my unit is perfectly fine. I live on the fifth floor and the roof is on the 15th floor. And just because my apartment isn't affected by the roof either leaking or needing to be replaced, I still have to be part of that process. So I think as a resident or as a shareholder or a unit owner, You too have to look at living in multifamily housing as a responsibility for the whole house, not just your own unit.
0: That makes a lot of sense to me, but I wonder if the board was, for instance, not attentive to the roof, and I lived on the fifth floor, and I decided to sell my apartment, which happens to be renovated and quite gorgeous, and it's a nice address in the city. Is anybody going to give me less money in my sales price? Than if I lived in a, an equivalent building where the board was attentive to fixing the roof.
1: I think that better run buildings, buildings that are in better physical condition, boards that maintain their buildings better, ultimately yield better prices for their residents or their shareholders. So I think, yes, there is a correlation. I couldn't say it's a 5% or 10% correlation. I certainly believe there is a correlation.
0: And would the correlation be discovered, so I'm selling my apartment and who's ever doing due diligence? I mean, there are other buyers walking into my apartment and are astounded by my finishes, but presumably other potential buyers have lawyers who are looking at financials and governing documents, is that where that's gonna be picked up?
1: That type of stuff is gonna be picked up either through, partially through, the review of financial statements, but more so the review of the minutes of the corporation. And in each one of these transactions, whether it's a co-op or a condominium, an attorney representing the purchaser will come to the office will read board minutes for you know for whatever period of time they wish to. They will ask a series of questions. They have a, a fairly extensive questionnaire. And I think through a number of those avenues, a prospective purchaser is going to be able to understand how well the building is maintained and I think should translate into, you know, a stronger price. If I'm a purchaser and I see that the building hasn't done any work in 10 years or 15, you know, over a period of time, it's going to beg the questions of how old is the roof? How old is the boiler? How old is the HVAC? When are these systems going to be replaced? How are those systems going to be paid for? And if I'm a buyer, I'm going to base my price on understanding some of those things.
0: And what about the boards who are proud of not raising maintenance over a number of years? what do you say to them?
1: So we like to tell boards that it's as a policy, it's a good idea to raise the maintenance, at least a couple of points to stay with inflation. I mean, if you look at a condominium, for example, so a condominium, typically the payroll is roughly 60% of the total expenses in a condominium. If the payroll is going to increase by 3.5% based on the union contract every year, then as a practical matter, you need to raise the common charges almost 2% every year if everything else stays flat. So if everything stayed flat and you lived in a condominium and you didn't raise the common charges for two or three or four years, you would have to be in all likelihood using existing cash reserves or existing cash savings to help offset or to help run the building. So I think unless there are some real events, I mean, we see today the cost of fuel spiked up, it's gone back down, but the cost of insurance has greatly uh, or significantly increased, that it, it's impossible to run a building today, at least in today's environment, you know, without modestly increasing the, the carrying charges.
0: How does indecisiveness play into not wanting to spend money or the fear of spending money?
1: so boards that might be indecisive about that and boards that sort of look at this stuff more as a for i guess lack of a better term a popularity contest, they will end up ultimately putting the building in a position where the building will need a large increase in carrying charges to cover their expenses. So if I'm in a, you know, using the example I was using before, if I'm in a condominium and everything stays flat and the wages continue to go up and I'm four years later, I'm going to need maybe six or seven or 8% increase just to cover what I didn't cover over the last three or four years. So I think that boards that are indecisive put themselves in that position, at least with respect to the carrying charges. I think boards who are indecisive about maintaining their building, buildings come to us all the time and say, we want to be a proactive board. And there will be times, just let's say, for example, you know the elevators in the building are 25 years old and they've exceeded their useful life. And we'll say to the board, the elevators are 25 years old. We should be thinking about replacing the elevators. And the board might say, we don't really want to spend the money now. The elevators work fine. Let's not worry about that. So while they say they like to be proactive, there are lots of tons. They prefer to be incisive and not willing to Be proactive, not willing to prepare for the future. I think the better run buildings and the better run boards are all looking towards the future.
0: What do you think of the difference between a board who says they're looking to the future and actually puts their money where their mouth is and the board who just mouths, I'm looking to the future, sort of trait-wise? Or what is the difference there?
1: So I think that boards who put their money where their mouth is, so to speak, are going to be better run buildings. They are going to be better run buildings because they are going to be looking to the future. They're going to be looking to maintain value. I have a building where the average age of the residents in that building was probably 70 years old and older. We had three people in the building over 100 years old, 48 apartments in the building. And the board, understanding that the building was going to be turning over at some juncture, decided to spend their money on building a gym, which they thought was going to help attract younger people to the building. And then building some other amenity space, a roof deck and other amenity space, to attract a younger clientele to the building and and a bigger group of people who might be prospective purchasers. So I think in that instance, that was a forward-thinking, progressive board. In that same instance, if the board didn't do those types of things, then it's more likely than not that there'd be a smaller sample size of people who might be looking to move into that building. Boards have to be forward thinking. They need to be thinking about maintaining the building and they need to be looking towards the future.
0: Do you think it's the management company's role to guide the board into that spot of being forward thinking and paying for that forward thought?
1: So I think our job is certainly to advise boards on those types of things. Ultimately, boards are going to be the final arbiter of what they do or don't want to do. But I definitely see our role as one that advises boards on A, what other buildings are doing, B, how to add value, C, forward thinking, being proactive, all those types of things are things that we should be doing.
0: It must be incredibly frustrating to take on a client who isn't going to follow your lead.
1: Yes, it is a little bit frustrating, but at the end of the day, like any other business, you know the client is going to do what the client believes is in their best interest. The best we can do is provide them with our advice, our knowledge, what other buildings are doing, why we believe that whatever we're proposing is the right thing for them and ultimately you know they have to decide based on their own factors what's going to be best for their for their building
0: okay well thank you very much for speaking with us today danny woolman
1: thank you it's a pleasure being here